guys. Church, you can grab your seat. Make sure you just slap someone a quick high five as you sit down. Maybe get two or three if you're greedy. Tell the person next to you just how ridiculously good looking they are. If they're not, just lie. It's fine. It's called faith. Just believe it in Jesus' name. We are so excited to have you in church this morning and uh, blessed to have you with us, especially our guests. We welcome you. Uh, it's so good to have you here hanging out with us this morning. I wanna, I wanna do something a little bit different this morning. If you've got your sermon notes, grab them out. Um, this morning, uh, my message is really just gonna be a kind of a journey through Joshua chapter one. That's all we're really gonna do is kind of explore through Joshua chapter one. Uh, I wanna look at uh, what it looks like or what it means, some keys to walking into the call of God for your life. Uh, I really believe we're in a in a very exciting season as a church. I think God has got His hand on this place. God has got His hand on these people. Uh, people are getting saved. Lost people are being found. Good things are happening. Breakthrough is coming. We're expanding. We're pushing into new territory. We've got new campus planning in only a few months' time. I mean, God is doing something here. And uh, I, we really believe God has got a, uh, the call of God is on us as a church collectively. But we also believe that there's a call of God upon every single individual life sitting here today. God loves you, God made you, He's got a plan for your life, He wants to bless you, and God has got a call for your life. And so our heart and our desire is to help you and to um, help you individually and collectively together for us to walk into the call of God for our lives. And, and I wanna say from the outset, uh, the call of God is not a destination, it's a journey. It's not something you arrive at, it's something you walk in. So you don't just write, oh, cool, I'm at the call of God now. No, 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 you walk in it, you don't arrive at it, you just kind of journey on through it. And so what I wanna do is explore Joshua chapter one um, to unpack some great truths for you and I if we're to keep walking into the call that God has for our lives. What does that look like? What are some things we can learn? Just some backstory to Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter one comes out of a season where this great leader Moses has been uh, raised up by God to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. God raises Moses to lead them out of Egypt. Miraculous provision, miraculous breakthrough. They come through. They get to the edge of their promised land over through a series of uh, things and a couple of things go wrong and they end up wandering for a while. They end up on the edge of the promised land that God has got for them and then Moses dies. Moses, this great leader, warrior, prophet that God raised up, he dies. This is where we pick up Joshua chapter one. That's the context of what we've come out of. And now we're in Joshua chapter one. And so Joshua, this new leader, has taken over the baton from Moses. And now he's gonna walk into the next part of God's call for his life. And this is what I wanna draw some great truths out for you and I today. Does that sound okay? Awesome, let's start with Joshua chapter one. And let's go with verse number one, because that's a good place to start. Joshua chapter one, verse number one says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, pause right there. We're just gonna stay on Joshua 1, verse number one, because this brings my first point for you today. If you're gonna walk into the call of God, first, number one, learn to serve someone else's vision. Learn to serve someone else's vision. We get a picture in this one little verse of who Joshua was. Joshua was Moses' assistant. For 40 years, Joshua served Moses. 
For 40 years, Joshua dedicated his life to making Moses successful, to making the vision, the dream, the plan that God had in store for Moses and the people. Joshua devoted and dedicated his life to going, you know what? Your heart is gonna be my heart. Your vision is gonna be my vision. I'm gonna live my life to enable you and help you and add to. Listen, assistance, they get behind a leader. They get behind someone like Moses and they they go, I wanna do everything I can to make your life easy. I'm gonna do everything I can to make the vision and the dream that God's got for you become a reality. They're assistance, not desistance. Like too many people hang around, but they take away, they don't add to. Assistance add to, they don't take away from. Assistance make a leader's life easier. Joshua was Moses' assistant for 40 years. Can I tell you that assistants learn things in service that bystanders just don't? When you're an assistant in an environment, when you're assistant to a vision, you will learn stuff and you will gain stuff in that environment that someone just sitting back and watching it go on, they will never learn. There are things that you will gain. There is wisdom that you'll glean. There is experience that you're gonna take away. And every step along the way, God is wanting to equip you because here's the truth. You don't have everything you need right now to fulfill what God has for your life. You're only gonna gain what you need to fulfill what God has for you by going on the journey of serving someone else's vision and gleaning and gaining what you need to step into the full call for your life. A number of months ago, Bex and I with some friends did one of those escape room things. Have you guys ever done those? Escape room? Like, like you, they lock you in a room and there's a whole series of problems and things you've got to solve in order for the door to open at the other end and for you to get out of the room. It's an escape room. So we get in the briefing and the person's like saying, this is what you've got to do. And uh, they said, the record for getting out of this room is 25 minutes. I'm like, 25 minutes, consider it gone. <laughs> we go in the room and the, you're supposed to like look for clues, follow the clues, follow the, uh, right. I walk in there, I'm like, I don't need clues. I'm getting out of this room all by myself. I'm walking in there, I'm looking around the room and finding stuff. I'm finding, this is something, this must mean something. I'm finding other things, just walk, writing on the wall. I find coins, what are coins gonna do? The coins that mean there's a slot. I'm gonna put coins in the slot. I just start throwing stuff. An hour later, <laughs> we, we, we found a radio. We're radioing the, the person going, help. We can't get out of the room. Like we literally radioed for help. It was embarrassing. And what we learned was in order for the door to open for you to get out and go into the next stage, you have to follow the process. You have to follow the steps. There's things you've got to gain and things you've got to get and things you've got to learn in order for the door to open to you. Friends, the door that God has to open before you to step into the full plan that He's got for you will never open unless you learn and go on the journey and the process and gain what you need along the way in order for the door to open. Don't get frustrated that the door's not opening. It's probably because you you haven't got everything you need yet to get through the door. You haven't got everything you need yet to sustain you once you get through the door. Because you're not ready yet. So the door's gonna be open when you get the things that you need to get along the way. See, I've come to learn this. When it comes to the call of God, timing's everything. When it comes to walking into the things that God has for your life, timing's everything. Don't rush the process that God has for you by trying to push a door that hasn't been opened. See, it's, it's like a well-hit ball in cricket. You guys know cricket, right? It's the heavenly sport. It's what we're gonna play in heaven. If you don't like it now, you better start lo- learning to love it because we're playing it, people. It's gonna happen. 
Some of you don't believe me, it's in the Bible, just read it, it's just some, somewhere in there. In cricket, you know, like, you, you can play the right shot for the right ball, but with the wrong timing, it'll have t- totally a different effect. You play the right shot for the right ball, but with the wrong timing, it will jar. It's like, it's brutal. It hurts when it happens and the ball doesn't go very far. It's not that effective and you might get something out of it, but but not as much as you could have gotten out of it. But you play the same shot for the same ball, but with the right timing and it's effortless. You don't even feel the ball hit the bat. It comes off so powerful, so effective. You get maximal results with minimal effort. Friends, it's like a well-landed joke, man. Timing's everything. Like if you having to explain the joke after you told it, you're done, buddy. Like just move on. Brother, it's over. The problem's not the joke, the problem's the timing. You get the timing right and the joke is hilarious. You get it wrong and you're like, Adrian, it's just terrible. (laughs) See, it's, it's it's all about timing. It's all about timing. Don't try and rush the process. Our pride... And, and, and uh, our own sort of impatience will try and rush the process that God is wanting to build in us as we serve, learn to serve someone else's vision. And then we can be found to be trustworthy and fruit, fr- fruitful and faithful with, it, with someone else's. Then we can be trustworthy with our own vision. Don't try and rush the process. We're, all throughout Scripture is just a whole bunch of people trying to rush the process. Abraham with Ishmael and Isaac. It, it wasn't a, a, a case of whether he was gonna have a son or not. It was just a case of timing. And so the timing wasn't happening in his own way, so I'm gonna make it my own way. Like, so mess up the process. We even see it with Jesus uh, and the demonic in, in Luke chapter four. There's this, there's this a moment where Jesus walks into this town and there's a guy who's got a, a demon in him and the demon starts shouting out, this is the Christ, this, 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 this is the Son of God. And Jesus quiets it, he says, shush, and kicks them out of the dude. And uh, wasn't that what the demon was saying wasn't true? It was just the wrong time. It wasn't the time for him to be revealed for who he was. See, the devil's always trying to mess up the process. The, the devil always wants to get you frustrated and discouraged so that you start to mess up the timing. But God's got a process and timing that you need to go on in order to gain what you need to get so you're ready for the thing he's got for you. We see it again with the prodigal son. The prodigal son, there's two sons, a father, and they're both working for the father. The youngest son gets frustrated and he gets impatient and takes his inheritance. The problem wasn't that he didn't have an inheritance. The problem was timing. He was getting an inheritance. Whether you're the oldest son or the youngest son, you're getting an inheritance. It's just an issue of timing. Don't rush the process. The oldest son was just about serving his father's vision. I'm giving my life to serve somebody else's vision, someone else's farm, someone else's project. I'm gonna give my life to that. And I know in the right timing, there's gonna be an inheritance. Friends, if you're a spiritual son or daughter in this house, you're getting an inheritance. You're getting, there is a spiritual inheritance that is coming to you. Whether you're an older son or a younger son, it doesn't matter, you're getting an inheritance. It's just a matter of timing. If you've been sitting under a spiritual authority, it's just a matter of timing. You're getting an inheritance. Don't rush the process and try and open a door that God hasn't opened. Just learn to serve someone else's vision and you will gain everything you need along the way to, in order that you will be ready to keep stepping forward into what God has for your life. That's why we, we encourage every person to get on the dream team. Join the dream team. Get involved in an area in the life of the church. Kids, band, worship, like serving, greeting, whatever it is. Like just become a part of the dream team. It's not because we have stuff we need you to do. It's because you need to do stuff to walk into your destiny. 
It's, it's, it's don't, don't flip it the wrong way. We're not trying to get you to do stuff. We're trying to grow you into all that God has for your life. And, and by learning to serve someone else's vision and get behind the vision that God's given us as a church, you're gonna grow and gain stuff that you need to step into the next stage that God's got for your life. So get on the dream tip. We've just got to Joshua chapter one, verse one. Let's move on. Verse number two, Moses is, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I'm giving them to the people of Israel. The second key to walking out God's call for your life is number two, keep moving. Keep moving. I love, you know, Moses has been this, this great warrior, prophet, leader for this, this nation for a decent period of time now and then he dies. And I love that God states the obvious to Joshua. I love it. It's just like, Hey, Joshua, Moses is dead. He's like, I know he's dead. I'm his assistant. One minute we were talking, then this minute we weren't. As his assistant, I had to check his pulse. Like he knows, Joshua knows that Moses is dead. But God's like, Joshua, Moses dead. Now, therefore, go. Not now, therefore, stay. Not now, therefore, camp. Not now therefore ponder what was and what will be. No, 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 now therefore go, you and all these people start moving. See friends, faith doesn't sit still. Faith continues to believe God for greater things in store. See, don't ever set up camp in old disappointments, in old triumphs, in old tragedies, in old grief. Don't set up camp in those places. Can you imagine those people? Mo, what are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do now? This great leader Moses no longer with us. We're just gonna sit here for a while because we just don't know what to do. And God's like, move, go. Don't, don't ever allow these moments that come in your faith and in your journey where, where, where disappointment or discouragement or even success comes. You go, we're just gonna stay here for a little while. Where God's like, no, 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 you can't stay. You've gotta go. It, you know, this is what I've come to, come to learn is that, is that God is the God um, of, of gaps. He's the God of gaps. So where there's a gap in your understanding, in your knowledge, in your wisdom, in your ability, God fills it as you take that step. I've come to learn that in order for you to walk out the call of God for your life, it's as simple as taking the very next step. It's all it is. It's just taking the next step that God has for you. And then just taking the next one after that. It's why the Bible says that he ordains the steps of the godly and delights in every detail of their lives. It doesn't say he ordains the leaps and bounds or the jumps or the taxi rides. He, he, he ordains just the steps. It's because God's got one more step for you to take in your faith. Can I ask you today, what's your next step? If you, wherever you are in your position in your faith right now, what would be your next step? What does it look like? What's my next step? It's just as simple as taking the next step. And, and here's the thing, God is the God of the gap. So where you lack, where you lack, He's like, I'm gonna fill that. You're like, I, I've, I've got to take the step, but I don't know, I don't know enough. He's like, it's, it's okay, because I know everything. So you just go and I'm gonna fill the gap. And you're like, oh, but I, I don't have the experience. He's like, it's fine, I've been around for ages. I've got the experience for you. You know, it's like, I, I, I don't know, I just, like, I don't have the ability. It's like, cool, that's all right, because I'm all able. So you just go and I'm gonna fill the gap. Like God is the God who fills the gaps. And, and even with great, when great leaders or people who are really important to you in your life, when they move on, when your small group leader moves to Nelson or something happens and you're like, what are we gonna do without them? It's like, it's okay because God's the God of the gaps. And whenever, I've noticed whenever good people move, God always raises new people. 
And that's why I'm really excited about the season we're in as a church. We were planting this new campus in Papakura. We're sending two of our best leaders out to Papakura to the Frosty and Darcy to go launch this new campus. And everyone's like, what are we gonna do here? I'm like, I don't care. I know because uh, God is God of the gaps. And so when good leaders move, He always raises new people. And I'm so excited. And even now, God is stirring the hearts of people, even now in this room, where you're like, man, I feel like God's calling me to step up to a new level. I feel like God's calling me to step up into leadership. And even before, we announced Papakura, I was getting messages and text messages and emails from random people in our church going, I just feel God stirring me to step up and get involved at a greater level in this area. I'm like, that's awesome. You have no idea what God is doing, but I do because He's raising people up to fill. And whenever God sends someone out and He raises someone else, He always raises better. So never be worried when there's a gap because He's the God of the gaps and He fills the gap. So I'm so excited. Maybe God's stirring you today. Maybe whatever your next step is, can I encourage you to take it? Maybe your next step is to go and see the guys and join a small group. Maybe it's to go to our growth track. Maybe it's to get baptized. Maybe your next step is just to begin tithing and giving a portion of what you have and honoring God with your finances. Maybe your next step is to go and join a team and be a part of the dream team somewhere. I don't know what your next step is, but can I encourage you just to take it? Can you imagine a whole church where every person is moving? Every person is just taking their step. That's a powerful moving organism. That's, that's, that's incredible right there. Our small groups, that's where we encourage you. A, a small groups is just about making people move. It's just getting people to take the next step that God's got for them. Verse number three. Verse number three. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised Moses. Be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. My third key to walking into the call of God for your life is this. Number three, be strong and courageous. I couldn't put it any better than the Bible. Be strong and courageous. Friends, if you're gonna walk into what God has for your life, you have to learn to be strong and courageous. It's not gonna be easy. It's not for the faint-hearted. Walking with Jesus is never supposed to be a walk in the park. It is difficult. So you're gonna have to learn to be strong and courageous. I've kind of adopted a 1 Corinthians 15, 58 lifestyle. I will be steadfast and immovable. I will always abound in the work of the Lord. What does that mean? It means just don't quit. Just keep showing up, man. When you get discouraged and you're gonna get discouraged, be steadfast and immovable. Be strong and courageous, friends. When you make a mistake and you mess up and you sin, and you're going to, let's be honest, you're gonna mess up, you're gonna fall short, you're gonna sin in some way. Here's my advice to you. Be strong and courageous and don't stay down, but get up. Don't, don't, don't give up, but get up and, and keep walking after all that God has for your life. The difference between someone who finishes the race well and someone who doesn't is just the person that's willing to get up. Bible says the righteous may fall seven times, yet they get up again. Yet they get up again. Paul's like, hey, I haven't achieved perfection, but here's what I do. I don't look back, I look forward. I I haven't made it, but I'm I'm gonna keep pressing on. Friends, don't give up, just get up. Be strong and courageous. When you stumble, don't quit. Verse number seven. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have 
good success. The fourth key to walking out the call of God for your life is this. Number four, value the word. Value the word. If you wanna walk into all that God has for you, friends, and I hate to say the word must, but you must develop a lifestyle that values this word above everything else in your life, that this becomes something that is in you. God's saying to, to Joshua, saying, Joshua, this don't depart from it. Don't go left or right, just stay on it and get it inside of you. Meditate on it day and night. Don't let it go from your lips. I, I really believe one of the strategies of the enemy right now is to create amongst the church an illiterate generation. An illiterate generation. And maybe some of you older folk here, you're like, man, the word's just been so foundational to you, and that's amazing. But I see a new generation of people coming through who are full of zeal but lack wisdom. They want everything of God, but they don't sit down and take the time to allow this to get on the inside of them. They're full of zeal, but lack wisdom. They, they wanna run into battle, but they wouldn't have a clue how to fight. They wanna minister, but they have shallow wells. They, 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 their faith is more based on feeling than it is foundation of truth. Friends, God is instructing Joshua. He's saying, Joshua, get this word and get it on the inside of you. Meditate on it, speak it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God when it gets in you and from the overflow of your heart, your mouth is gonna speak. It's, he's saying to Joshua, don't ever depart from this thing. You're gonna be, if you stay to it, you're gonna be incredibly successful. Here's what I've come to realize is that for so many people, the word is inspirational, but it's not transformational. It's inspirational. You know, like we live in the social media generation where it's like, you know, like you, you go and you see photos of like a, 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 um, a river running. It's like, the Lord is my shepherd. Post that up. It's like, it's so inspirational. Sunrise. He maketh me to lie down. I shall not want. Like, wow. So inspirational. But the word is inspirational. But when the word is outside of you and around you, it's inspirational. But when it's inside of you, it's transformational. And the word is far more than just inspiring, it's transformative. And the challenge for us is to not allow it just to be around us, but to get it inside of us. Because when it gets inside of you, it transforms you. Transforms the way you think, transforms the way you speak transforms the way you act, transforms everything about you from the very inside out and from the overflow of your heart, your life is gonna speak out. Friends, is the word in you or is it just around you? Is it inspiring or is it transformative? Don't depart from it, get it in you, value the word. The last thought I have is simply this, maybe if the team can join me. Verse number 16, they all, all oh, sorry, they, Answer Joshua, all that you've commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. The, sixth key, or the fifth key, if you wanna walk out the call of God for your life, is simply this, fight for unity. Number five, fight for unity. The people in this passage, it's not God saying this, by the way, it's the people saying, Joshua, whoever doesn't follow, they're gonna be put to death. Like, it's pretty extreme, let's be honest. Let's call it for what it is. It's a bit much. But what you see here is this desire to protect unity. 
Psalm 133 says this, how, how wonderful it is when brothers dwell in unity, for there God commands His blessing. There is a commanded blessing in unity. And then in Proverbs 6, there's a list of things that God hates. One of the things God hates, He says, is, is those who sow discord amongst brothers. Why, why does God hate those who sow discord? Why? Because God loves unity and harmony and collaboration. Because the plan of God and the call of God for you and for me does not happen in isolation, it happens collectively. So our unity is a powerful, powerful thing. If the devil can disrupt our unity, he can disrupt the ability we have to fulfill what God has for our lives. Because it doesn't happen individually, it happens collectively. It's kind of like, I picture it kind of like an orchestra, like a beautiful piece of music being created. There's all kinds of instruments playing and they all play together. And when they're all playing the same song and following the conductor, it's beautiful. It's this amazing thing that gets created. And the end is like something that moves your heart and it's a beautiful thing. But discord can be like one person just playing out of time or playing out a tune or maybe playing the wrong song, a different song. Maybe there's a different song in their heart. And for whatever reason, they might be like, you say play it this way, but I'm gonna do my own thing. And what happens is it starts with one person who might be upset at the conductor or someone else in the band. And, and so then they're like, I'm just gonna do my own thing. Ne next thing, the people around them, they, they're like, I'm trying to listen to that, but I'm just getting distracted. This is kind of like messing me up. And now, now all of a sudden, what was one person's thing is now created discord amongst five or six people. And now people who never had an issue with anybody else, now like, oh, I've got issues now. And, and, and so the, the, the other people look in and go, what's wrong with these guys? And so what happens is the whole piece of music gets disrupted. And what you were trying to create can't be created. And, and, and the, the full picture of what you were trying to achieve doesn't get achieved because there's discord. Can, can I encourage you, friends? You know, the Bible speaks so clearly about about gossip and about things that sow discord and, and, and destroy unity. Can I encourage you to fight for unity? Like if you've got offenses and you will find offenses in church, like it's gonna happen. But, but can I encourage you to deal with them quickly and quietly? Go to, the, go to the person you need to talk to rather than everyone else. It's what we love to do, eh? I'm so hurt by Dan. I'm hurt by Dan. I'm hurt by Dan's, Dan's such a bully. You know, like now, now all these guys hate Dan. They're all like, yeah, yeah, Dan's, Dan's horrible. They didn't need, they had no problem with Dan. But now, now they've got my problem. Deal with stuff quickly. Forgive quickly, man. The Bible says, man, forgive, forgive, forgive. Forgive quickly. Deal with stuff. Fight for unity. Have a singular vision. If we're gonna achieve all that God has for us, we're gonna be a church that fights for unity. We're not always gonna get it right. We're not always gonna make sense. We're not always gonna, like, you know, it's not always gonna feel awesome. But we're gonna be a people that fight for unity. Why? Because... The call of God is far too important. What He has for us to achieve is far too important. Would you stand to your feet? I'd, I'd love to pray for you in just a few moments. What I wanna do really quickly is, I just wanna pray through each of these five things that I've just spoken to. And if one of these resonates with your heart, just receive this prayer as, as your prayer, as me praying for you. If one of these is spoken to you and 
I know not all of them will speak to you, but maybe one of these points, you're like, man, that makes so much sense to me. Or, man, God's stirring me up in there. Just receive this to you. Let's just take a moment, let's bow our heads for a moment, for a moment of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your great love for every person here in this room. I thank you that they are called of God. You've got a great plan for them. And God, you've got a great plan for our church. So Lord, I pray that each of us would learn to serve someone else's vision. Lord, we know that we have not arrived yet and we never do. And so Lord, I pray that we would always have the heart to serve and grow by giving our lives to something bigger than us. Lord, that we would gain and learn the things we need in order to step into what you have for us, Lord, through our serving someone else. God, I pray that as a people, we would always keep moving. We would not set up camp where there's grief or there's loss or there's uh, tragedy or maybe where there's disappointment or maybe where there's success. God, I pray that we would be a people that keep on moving. Lord, whatever the next step is for us, Lord, would you show us now? Lord, what is your next step? for us individually, God, help us to take it. Help us to take it. God, I pray that we would be a people that are strong and courageous, that never quit, that have a resolve in our hearts to say, you know what, no matter what may comes, I'm not gonna quit. I'm strong and courageous. Lord, help us to be a people who get the Word not just around us, but in us, that we would value it, Lord, that we would read it every day, take a moment every day to get it inside of us. Lord, that it would not just inspire, but it would both inspire and transform. And God, I pray that we would be a people in a church that always fight to protect the heart of unity. Lord, we know that where there is unity, there is your commanded blessing. Lord, the anointing comes where we have unity. So Lord, I bless this church. I bless these people. Help us to deal with our stuff quickly and quietly. Forgive freely and easily. God, I pray that we would be a people that are unified. I wanna pray one last prayer this morning. If you're here today and just one of your eyes still closed and head out, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, or maybe you've known Him before, but today you'd be honest and say your life is far from Him, I would love to extend an invitation to you today to come to know Him. The Bible says that God loves you. He loves you more than you'll ever know. He, he, God made you, He created you with purpose and with destiny in mind. We all mess up, we all fall short of God's standard. But God sent His own Son, Jesus, to die on a cross. When He died on that cross, He took upon Himself what you and I would do for our sin. And He extends to every person here today His gift of grace, forgiveness for your past, your guilt, your shame, new life that begins right here, right now, hope for your future and eternity with Him in heaven. I would love to give you this opportunity. If you're here and you don't know Him, or maybe your life is far from Him today. You've made this decision before, but you'd be honest and say you're not right with God. I would love to include you in this prayer. I'm gonna pray a very simple prayer. And I invite you to pray this with me, just in your heart. I'll pray it out loud. You just pray it in your heart. Just say these words, but mean it with everything you've got. Just say this. Say, God, today I surrender my life to You. I know that I've messed up and that I've sinned, but I believe, Jesus, You died for me. So right now, I turn from my old ways and I ask you to forgive me. I place my life in your hands and I ask you to come and be the Lord of my life. I choose from this moment to live for you in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and head bowed. If you pray that prayer, can I ask you to do something really brave? 
I don't wanna embarrass you, I don't wanna call you out, I don't wanna bring you to the front or anything like that, but I do want you to take a step of faith. I do want you to say, yeah, you know what? I did pray that prayer and I meant it. This is my day, I'm serious. I'm gonna ask you to do something really brave. I'm gonna count to three and on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand nice and high, just so I can see it. It's just a step of faith between you and God, just saying, Steve, that's me. Are you ready? Really brave. One, two, three. Hand up nice and high, saying, Steve, that's me. Yes, God bless you right there, I see you. Yes, over there, yes, 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 yes. Four or five of you over there, that's awesome. Anyone else? Yep, over here, sir, I see you. Down the back, I see you too. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Count me in, I wanna know Jesus. I wanna know the life he's got for me. Awesome. Amazing. God, we thank You so much for each of those who've responded. Lord, we rejoice with all heaven this morning as lost loved ones have come back to You. We thank You for Your heart for lost people and we bless them now in this decision they've made. Lord, pour out in their lives and bless them now in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's congratulate all those people that said yes to Jesus this morning. Friends, before you go this morning, 